0: This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We're going uh, to end this series today on trusting God when it seems like it's not working or it doesn't make sense. And uh, next week, Pastor Rob's going to start a series called Do Hard Things. And you need to Here is going to be a great tie-in to this series. Because, you know, doing the righteous thing can cost you. I mean, know that. It's not always easy to speak the truth, to do the right things. Sometimes it can be painful. (laughs) But we're called to do those things. And If you want to change, you know, change has to start in us. The, The Lord told me the other day, I was... Praying for someone. And uh, the Lord says, you can pray all you want. They won't change until they want to change. And said, Lord, are you telling me to back up on the praying a little bit? He said, a little bit. He said, they're going to have to change and desire to change. They have to change what's on inside of them. God works off desire. So, we're going to leave that alone again to this. We've been talking about if you're overwhelmed or things, it seems like your prayers aren't working or going through hardship, tough times, difficulty. Maybe uh, there was a premature uh, death of a child. Maybe uh, the divorce did happen. You were believing God. You are praying for your friend to be healed and they died. Uh, these things that make it look like the promises of God are not true. And it can be overwhelming, and even it can be subtle. It can be a subtle thing that you back up from the Lord, and all of a sudden you put your light under a bushel. Your witness isn't what used to be. Or maybe that area, whatever it was, maybe uh, take, for example, uh, your friend died. Maybe you don't want to pray for anybody about healing any longer. And what you're doing, you're cutting out that part of Scripture because of its parents. Because of the situation to happen. And we don't know what's going on in that person's heart. It could be. That. uh, I just. Heard. um, Actually this morning. About a person that decided they were going. And we just recently. You know prayed for them. And. But they had made a decision. To go. Well. God will not go against the person's will. And. Why would we come against a person's will if if heaven is their home? Paul said it's far better. So, even when we don't receive or connect with God and receive the grace of God, we still win. We're on the winning side. And even when it looks like or feels like we lost, we won. Because heaven, last time I checked, is still without a power shortage, there's perfect weather. Everything's wonderful there. Amen? Amen. There's no bills. The utility bill's paid for forever, for all eternity. Your mansion's paid for. In Psalms 145, verse 12, it says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures through all generations. Lord is faithful to all his promises. He's faithful to every promise in the book. The promises are true, and they always work. And loving towards all he has made. So our Father's a a faithful God. He's a loving God. He's worthy of our trust. He is worthy of us trusting him. Even when it looks like it didn't turn out the way we expected. Even though uh, we prayed, we thought we were uh, giving our best, our faith. There's things that we don't know. But God, the problem is never on God's end. He's always faithful. He's always good. He's always for us and not against us. He's never lied. He has never, ever lied. So I want to uh, start where we left off. That's 1 Peter 5, verse 6. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. There's been many times I've used this verse. Many times uh, in, in ministry, just it seems like God would wait to the last moment and you had to cast your care upon him and just, and just say, Lord, I trust you. I know you spoke this, you said this, this is what you're uh, showing us, and we just trust you. We put our faith out in you. It's just like when we uh, were in the old building we had put up for sale. I thought it would be a quick sale. I think dragged on and just thought what is going on here? I'm believing God, I'm speaking this thing, trusting God. It's nothing. A couple people came by and looked at it and they wanted it for no price, free. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing's going on. So what do I do? I go to this verse. I cast the care upon you, Lord. And it wasn't something I just did one time. I had to do it a few times. And then we got uh, someone, the Boys and Girls Club, came to buy the building. So excited. Oh, I know why you were waiting on this, Lord. Because he told me the story. It had to be the perfect timing. It was the timing for them. And they picked our building. I was so excited because ministry was going to continue in the building. It was just a great time. Oh, this is awesome. Okay, you know, give us the contract. Let's go with this. And we're, we're all set. And right before we're about to close on this thing, there's a lien against our property because on our property was a creek. It was actually a drainage area under transmission line. And the city had come through and they cleaned that out. Instead of taking it off, they had dumped it in the creek. Well, it backs up, and uh, a man comes and uh, tells us what happened, everything. Went to his house, and he had two feet of water in his house. Messed up a lot of stuff. <laughs> and to make a long story short, the insurance company for the city uh was not coming through for us. And our attorney, David uh Kustoff, actually was out in town that time. It was his um, it was Jim. Uh he's the mayor now. He he came out. What's Jim Strickland? He he comes out and he said, Look, yeah, you know, I don't like to give bad news, but uh they can hold this thing up for years. and he said, there's nothing to do about it. They'll just keep delaying it, delaying it, and just going on. And um, He said, my estimation would probably be two and a half, three years. I said, I want to put out the money. Cast the cares upon the Lord. <laughs> well, I'd already gotten an extension with the Boys and Girls Club, and, and he said, look, you know, I, I have I wanna tell you this, but we had two locations. We loved this location. We felt like and he told me, he said, we prayed, we felt like this was a location. And um, but we're gonna to have to go to the other place because we got partners and supporting this and we've gotta get this thing going and and uh, so we were coming to the end of our extension and Jim Strickland calls and he says you won't believe this. I'm going, I'll probably, tell me. <laughs> he said, the insurance company called. And he said, I just don't know how to explain this, but they wanted to settle. Said, thank you, Jesus. I know why they did. <laughs> it was five days before we were going to lose the whole thing. It had to start over. And then, and I'm not going to go into it, but we had a string of five day things happen, and five is a number for grace, and I, and there was this thread all through it. It was so so beautiful. I've got it, uh, written down. and have I've shared it before, but the grace of God. But this verse, if I hadn't had this verse, <laughs> casting the care upon the Lord, and be able to. Step away from it and say, "That's what we have above the what the world has. The world will run to to drinking or drugs, or and it can be they might get pour themselves into sports or some avenue to get relief. You're going. Everybody's going to find some avenue to get relief, but God wants us to run to Him." God wants us to depend and trust on in him. And here he was, he came through in a miraculous way that really ministered to a whole lot of people because I was able to share it to all those involved. So it says here, it says, cast, cast all your cares. Casting all your care. Say all. I looked that word all up, it means all. All. Everything, no matter what it is. All upon the Lord. And let me tell you what that word means. Cares means anxiety, it describes any affliction, any difficulty, hardship, misfortune, trouble, or complicated circumstances that arise as a result of problems developed in our lives. You ever had some complicated circumstances? few of us. (laughs) Maybe that's something just for me. I get complicated circumstances. They're not just circumstances. They're complicated. (laughs) He said, cast these things upon him because he... Cares for us. That means financial problems, marital problems, um, friendship problems, um, business problems, whatever it is. Anything that worries you, gives you anxiety, cast upon the Lord because he cares for you. And the word care here means to be concerned, to be thoughtful, to be interested, to be aware, to notice, to give meticulous attention. Man, God has thoughts of me. Go somewhere, nobody even notices me. But he did. <laughs> he takes notice of me. Can you imagine this? God is interested in you. He, is, he notices you. He has loving thoughts towards you. He pays attention to you. He's interested in you, aware of you. Gives meticulous attention to you. I mean. He's there paying attention to you. So meticulous that he knows. Let me see. Bob you lost a hair there. I got to change the number. I mean. He knows how many hairs are on your head. That's pretty meticulous isn't it? Wow. And He knows everything in our heart. He knows everything about us. Yet he still loves us. (laughs) And he showed his love by coming. Where we could be rescued. Oh what great love the fathers bestowed upon us. That we should be called sons and daughters. And we're to trust him. Trust him with everything. He'll work it out. He's a good father. But see. It says when we hold on to the anxiety, when we hold on to the frustration, to the disappointment, to the hardship, to the difficulty, we're being prideful. So he said, humble yourself. If you don't, you're being prideful. And God resists the proud. Because you're not trusting him. God has to have faith, and that's trust. Trusting them And we we get prideful. We're taking on the hardship. We're taking on the difficulty. And that thing starts growing on you. And you start talking about it. You start meditating. You start dreaming about it. The thing gets huge. Because we're not giving it to him. I love this verse. I love giving stuff to him. Because there's always in ministry. There's always stuff. And I just hand it to him. I like it a lot better and y'all are smiling about it. I mean, I, this is an awesome verse. This is some awesome stuff. You get anxious about something. Oh, here God, I trust you about this. Do you have anything to say about this? I'll listen. <laughs> Whew. Glory to God. Hebrews 11 verse 24. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. See, they're suffering to doing the will of God. You're going against the culture. You're going against the grain. It would cost you to do that righteous thing. But see, it says Moses thought, I would rather suffer here temporarily and receive a great reward that's for all eternity. His eyes were on what? I mean, he was royalty. He was in Pharaoh's house. You know, society's trying to get to the palace. Here's Moses. He's leaving the palace. He refuses to identify with Pharaoh's house. And he identifies with some Hebrew slaves. Because of God. And he went through some things. He said, it's all worth it. It It's all worth it. Let me read that again, verse 25. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of the joy, enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. He's given up treasures so much. He was looking ahead to his great reward. So here we see in scriptures another a time where you look ahead. You're going through difficulties doing through these things. Cast your care upon the Lord and then look ahead. Look what's awaiting you. Look what's before you. What God has for you. And look to heaven because there's great reward. You're not going to be a billion years from now be sweating, you know. In the year 2017 I was having a really tough time and you just start sweating in heaven, no, you're not going to be thinking about that. <laughs> That's going to be long, long gone. Amen? He knew he would stand before God and be rewarded. Oh, you just don't understand. I was praying for my loved one, and, and they died. I was believing God, just don't know about this healing stuff let me tell you something it's not a disgrace to die believing God we've got it like oh how disgraceful none of us are perfect and I I suspect that God rewards a little different than we we think I believe and this is opinion Bob's opinion this is not Scripture, but I believe that he rewards the effort think about it your kids your father you see them trying don't you reward that or you say you didn't you didn't win the ball game you struck out <laughs> no we reward the effort you're witnessing someone, they don't get saved. I believe God honors that. Even though it didn't receive the harvest, it was obeying God. You were giving effort to it. I believe it's rewarded. I go out and pray for someone and they die. Well, is there no reward for me for doing that? I believe there's reward for effort. What about if I'm believing God for myself? I'm doing all I know to do, but I die. I believe I'm rewarded because I was doing and giving effort. Amen? Just a little different thought there. Okay. In 2 Timothy 4.20, here's a good name for you, Restus. Stayed in Corinth, but Trophimus, I left him Maltese sick. He actually was sick of his name. No. <laughs> what did my parents name me? No. This blesses me. What? This verse blesses me. The Apostle Paul is there, and he leaves someone sick. There's no explanation. There's not, just like with James and John the Baptist, no explanation. Others were set free. They died. Nothing said. Did Paul pray for him? It doesn't say here, but I think absolutely. Luke was with Paul. I believe Luke um, ministered to him medically. They had to leave him sick. So we, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know the person's heart. It could have been God was dealing with something in his heart. And he needed to get some stuff between him and God. There's all kinds of things. We don't know. But none of us are perfect. But it doesn't change the word. It might be the facts that you're sick or the friend died. But the truth is... God's healing power has already been purchased and paid for in full at the cross. And the word is true and healing always works. It doesn't change the truth. It doesn't change what the word says. And I refuse to allow some circumstance, some situation change free from believing the truth. I will believe the truth. Because every time I go to the word of God, peace comes. Every time I go to the word of God... I know it's true. The Holy Spirit reveals it's true. And I stake my claim. I set and establish myself in that place of believing the Word of God. And that's the way Paul was. Paul was not moved by people. He was not moved by circumstances. He said, I am believing God no matter what. And that's the way we have to be. We believe. We're believers. Last time I checked. And I'm not going to let the unknown, what I don't understand, cause me to back up from the known that I do know. And I know this, that Jesus is Lord. I know He's healer, redeemer. I know He's my peace. I know He's my righteousness. I know that He's my provider. He's my provision. He's my supply. He's my everything. He's my breath. He's my life. He's my joy. He's my strength. I know He's everything. The Word of God is true, and I will live by the Word. And that's the way we have to be. Amen? To live by the truth. And I don't care what the facts say. I don't care what the circumstances say. I don't care. It doesn't matter. The word is true. Thank you, Jesus. Well, somebody, a Christian, was killed in Las Vegas. God must not protect. That's not what the word says. Let me see, am I going to believe what you said on TV or am I going to believe what God says? Well, it's a hard choice. Let me see. God. (laughs) We're going to believe God. Years ago, and this is like a great illustration of the picture in your mind, but I'll give it anyway. Years ago, I was believing, getting a hold of that God wants us well and healed. And I can remember just, well, I'll tell you what happened. And maybe you agree with the flu shot. I got the flu shot, and I got the flu. And I remember going and throwing up, and I would say, I'm healed by Jesus' stripes. I believe the, your word. I'd say that every time. and I felt like a complete nut. But if you're saying what God says and believing what He says, that's the kind of nut you need to feel like. Because what I was doing was overriding and believing the truth over the facts while I was going through. I wasn't going to say I'm I'm lying and say, Yeah, I'm not sick. I wasn't saying that. I'm saying I'm healed by Jesus' stripes. I was just speaking the truth. I was speaking the answer. For people say, well, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. And they're just look awful. You don't want to be close to them. Uh Well see, saying that you don't have it doesn't get you healed. It doesn't say to be called to call things that are as if they're not. It's quiet in this place. Call things that are not as if they were. I'm healed by Jesus' Christ. Speak the word. Don't go around. Oh my goodness. Well, I have a fever of 108, but I feel fine. I'm coming to church, and your immune system better be working. Well, thank you very much. So, when you don't understand, go to the Word and say, this is what I believe. Cast your cares upon the Lord. Cast down imaginations, that uh, lofty things that try and exalt themselves Against the word of God. And stick with this word. The rest of the story is I haven't had the flu shot since. I haven't had the flu since. Mark chapter 4 verse 37. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat. So that it was already filling. But was in the stern. He was in the stern asleep. Crazy thing. Technical difficulty. My earrings aren't working. Okay. He was in the sun asleep on the pillow. They awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And that when you looked up, it meant abiding trust in God. But here's Jesus asleep in the boat. Now, I'm sure the disciples saw the storm coming and said, Well, you know, we got Jesus in the boat. He came with us this time. We'll be fine. Storm's not even going to hit us. We're not going to be in the storm. We got Jesus in the boat. You ever done that? Why did this happen to me? I'm following Jesus. <laughs> Jesus in the boat asleep. And where's bring me a handheld, mic, please. It's bugging me right there.. <laughs> Thank you. I guess I better turn this off, right, David? Okay. Thank you. Now I can't hear myself. All right. Thank you, Lord. Jesus is in the boat, Jesus is in the house. Shouldn't be in technical difficulties. Doesn't mean you won't go through things. And what is amazing about this, the storm comes and starts filling up the boat. And Jesus is still asleep. You're talking about a heavy sleeper. He had to get some rest. He had physical bodies out. And the storm comes it's filling up the boat. And then they finally wake up Jesus and they say, Don't you care? Think about that one. Don't you care, Jesus? Well, we'd never do that. Truth is, we all have. (laughs) Don't you care, Jesus? That we're perishing here? That we're full of fear? And Jesus gets up and he speaks and takes authority. Peace. He speaks, rebukes the wind, speaks to the sea. Said, peace. Be still. Be still now. Amplify, I think it is, says, hush now. Everything was peaceful. It's right after this that Jesus gave them authority. Very next chapter, you see Jesus gave them authority. He was teaching them, I want you to do this, I want you to do the same things that I do. You take authority. And probably several of us have taken authority over storms before. And I know know I've had a a couple times that a tornado was turned. We have authority. How many know we have authority? Anybody alive in this place? Okay. We have authority. Amplified said this is a ferocious storm of wind of hurricane proportions arose and waves kept beating into the boat so that it was already beginning to become filled. But we see another place where Paul's a prisoner and he's really captive, he's being taken on the ship and he discerns that this thing's going to end in disaster. And all their lives will be lost. And he says, don't go. But they don't listen to him. There's some money involved in this. And the owner said, we're going anyway. So they go. And here comes the storm. And Paul being a prisoner. He starts praying and fasting. And an angel appears to him and tells him exactly what to do and says, the ship will be lost, but no lives. And it happened exactly like he said. But why didn't he rebuke the storm? God had a different way this time. Why didn't he stand up there and say, peace, be still? To me, I've been a great witness for the whole ship. No, he said, we're going to have to ride this one out, guys. Throw everything overboard. And then at the appointed time, we're going overboard. Some swam. Some got hold of uh, the ship, pieces of the ship, and they rode into the island. What happened on the island? A viper comes and bites Paul. He's getting some firewood. It's cold. They just swam in. They need some heat. And here comes a viper. You ever had it when things are going bad? It just goes badder? That is <laughs> the word. I mean, it just... So what? And people experience this and they'll say, Well, you know, everything happens in threes. So get ready. So what's he do? He shakes it off into the fire. And first they say, this guy's a murderer. He's done something wrong. Look at it. It's latched on to him. And it was a very dangerous snake because they expected him to die. They're all doing a paw watch. Everybody on the island, everybody's waiting for him to die. He shakes up. He keeps on going. They go, wow, what is this guy He's able to minister to him and preach to him. And, and there's a great crusade on the island, and people are born again and healed. Great things happen. Paul took over the ship, but well, I want you to see there was a difference. You've got to listen to the Lord and know what to do in that circumstance. Listen to him and see what he says to you. And you can find this all in the Word. I actually. I had so much, I just had to to stop. Because I started seeing so many things that it looks like it could have went this way, and went this way, or why did this happen? 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16, it says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, say light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Light affliction. I had somebody said one time, well, he must not have had any problems. I don't guess you've read about Paul. I said no. Let me just give you a little rundown. He was in prison, in death's often, five times, received 40 stripes, minus one, three times was beaten with rods, one time stoned, and we read a, talked about that one. The next day, I didn't mention it, he walked 22 miles to the next city to preach the gospel after being stoned, left for dead. I believe he died. 3 times shipwreck, a night and a day, a man the deep, in journeys often, in, pe- in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of own countrymen, perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among uh, false brethren, in weariness, toil- in, in tolls, in sleeplessness often, hunger and thirst, in fastings often, and cold and nakedness besides the other things which come upon me daily my deep concern for all the churches yeah you're right he didn't have much going on he refused to be moved by these he was going to continue on with the lord no wonder it was a battle for him do i stay or do i go home you remember we talked about that it's better if I stay for you guys and minister, but it's far better for me to go. He chose to, to stay here. No wonder if all that's going on. But he says, light afflictions. Why? Because it's for a moment. In comparison to eternity, this is just like a blink of an eye. It's just a moment. Compared to the glory of God that awaits us. The weight of God's goodness that awaits us. But what I want you to see here, his perspective. Your perspective makes all the difference. The way you look at something makes all the difference in the world. And Paul hid God's perspective on things. He looked at it differently. And we have to have the right perspective about what we're going through to see things change and, and, and move. He, it's, it's tough to have the right perspective if you're feeding on what the world is saying. It's tough to have God's perspective if all you're putting in is what the world is saying. But you need to shift channels and turn on to the good news channel. The Word of God. Open up your Bible and see what God has to say. He's got good things to say. Things that will give you peace on the inside. And you can look to what? I guarantee you every one of us when we see what heaven is like and the rewards that were possible for us we're all going to lay down and say oh I wish I'd done more. <laughs> I just believe that. Just, oh I wish I'd done more and Jesus going to lift us up. He is worthy of us laying down everything. Living for Him. For our light affliction which is, but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding internal weight of glory. In the Amplified, it says it's eternal weight of glory. Beyond all measure, excessively surpassing all comparisons and all calculations, a vast transcendent glory and blessedness that never will cease. wow, I want you to know you have a great future. A great, great future. Just turn to your neighbor and say, you got a great future. We do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. The Spirit realm, the, the Word of God, the Spirit in life, look to the Word. The unseen for the things which are seen are temporary. No matter what you're looking at, the unseen can change the scene. you got a tumor in your body. You see that? Well, it's subject to change because it's temporary if you get the unseen on that thing. Finances, same thing. Whatever it is you're going through, it's subject to change. Well, it didn't change. Well, keep looking at the unseen and know you're rewarded for standing. Know that you're rewarded for the faith and the effort that you put forth. Know that God has something in store for you that's so surpassing anything that you can imagine. It's beyond what we can think. People have been to heaven. They tried to describe it and they can't describe it. They said there's not the words for it. There's colors there that I I can't tell you what it is because there's no reference to tell you. It's a good place. I'm going to end with this. Habakkuk 3 verse 17. Though the fig trees have no blossoms. And there are no grapes in the vines. Even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren. Even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. What was happening here? There was a famine in the land, actually. And Habakkuk was experiencing that famine. So well, he's a believer, why was he experiencing this famine? We don't know. And he didn't really understand what was going on. But he went back to what he did know. And he anchored himself in that and says, I know that God is God and I'm going to worship Him anyway. I'm going to worship Him if the grapes aren't producing. I'm going to worship Him if there's no cattle in the stall. I'm going to worship Him no matter what. Because He's worthy of worship. He's worthy of praise. And what He said got put in the book. Wow. There it is right there. Well, you do? Know, you worship Him. You give Him praise. And when you have your little sit-down meeting with Jesus in heaven, and He explains to you... The things that you don't understand, he reveals it to you, promised to tell you. Some of the things he'll tell you in the earth, some things will be in the next life. But he will tell you, and you're going to go, oh, I see it, plain as day. It was so simple. Oh, I understand now. I see why that happened. Forgive me for even backing up for a few days from you. I was a lawyer to tell you that, you. I admit it. (laughs) See, I believe and the Lord's ministered this to me before, somebody believing for healing, I don't believe you can be lukewarm and receive. Which means neutral. God said, I'd rather have you hot or cold, but not lukewarm. See, lukewarm, you're, you're in the world, and you're in, in Christ. You're on both sides. See, and it doesn't mean you lose your salvation. It says that he will spew you out. And you can look it up. It means vomit. I mean, he will spew you out. Doesn't mean you lose your salvation, just means how distasteful that condition is to him. You ever had some cold coffee you thought was gonna be hot? <sighs> or some soup and and you take some, it's cold. Ugh. That's how this face... See, so there's no middle ground with God. You're either in and hot for Him, or He said, just go ahead and be cold. <laughs> and lukewarm can be subtle, and you can just be neutral. You kind of lost your passion. And I'm glad you don't lose your salvation there, because we've all experienced this if we've been Truthful. And it's just, I I would say lukewarm is just going through the motions. Just neutral. But God wants us hot. And that's up to us. You can be as hot as you want to be for Him. Just get with Him. Tell Him. We had a young girl. We had a young girl in youth. And, all, you know, everybody was saying they wanted to be on fire for God. And, you know, I'm so on fire for God and all this. And she said, and she said, she said, I want to be on fire. She was just honest. And, and she just prayed, Lord, I want to be on fire for you. Help me be on fire for you. And he did. Sometimes nothing's too big or too small just ask him talk to him amen at our heads father we do trust you we do love you we do worship you we trust you lord I forgot one little thing. I'm just gonna read them to you real quick. Victorious life decisions. I will humble. I will be humble by casting any anxiety, hardship, difficulty, misfortune, trouble, or a complicated circumstance that rises in my life upon the Lord. I will do the will of God even when it costs me, temporarily, because I'm looking ahead to my eternal great reward I refuse to allow what the facts say making the promises of God to appear to fail from causing me to turn from the truth of God's word I will keep God's perspective by focusing on the known and releasing the unknown to God I will count all the difficulties I go through in this life as light afflictions Compared to my glorious future of eternity, God. If today you never made a decision for Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity. It's the greatest decision that you could make in this life. Jesus loved you so much, His love, He came and pursued you, He gave us life. On the cross he died and took your sin and your guilt. Everything that would stop you from having this glorious future of being the son and daughter of God and having heaven as your home, living with God. Jesus took care of it. You put your trust in him and live for him. Maybe you prayed this before, but today you need to get back connected with God. You know you're not living right. And you need to get right. Some of you, there's a couple of you that when I talked about being lukewarm, it hit you. You got compromise in your life. And you need to be honest. Say, Lord, forgive me of that. No one looking around, lift your hand. If any of these pertain to you, we're going to pray. Thank you, Lord. See these hands. Any others? Yes. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? Father, I pray for these who have lifted their hands. I thank you, God, that you're the answer to whatever difficulty, whatever hardship that we face. God, I thank you for this honesty of lukewarmness. Because, Lord, to come out of lukewarmness, you have to be honest with your condition. And, Lord, I, I pray that the fire of God burns within their hearts, that they fall in love with Jesus all over again and that the joy of your salvation rises up within them. God, they find themselves thinking about you. They find themselves in the Word of God. And for those that have not received him or need to come back, that's all say, Dear Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying for me. I believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. I believe this in my heart, and I confess Jesus is Lord of my life. I give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name.